What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the Underdogs Podcast. We're on to episode number nine now. My name is Jordan Daly. With me, as always, Craig Smith, Mike Taylor. Say what's up, guys. What up, what up, what up? Going what's on? Craig, we got a guest. You want to introduce him? Yeah, man. It's, it's one of the good friends of mine. Uh, he's been a professional for over 11 years. Um, he's played four years in the NBA, uh, most notably with the New York Knicks. Also, he's played in Milwaukee with the Greek Freak. Um, a really great person, great guy overall. Uh, let's give it up for Chris Copeland. Yeah, I appreciate y'all, man. Thank you for having me, man. No doubt, man. Just thanks for coming on, man. Like I said, man, I know, I know you for a minute, man. We we've had some good battles, especially over the last few years. I felt like this was a guy right here who really got me ready for the big three season, especially in my first year. Kind of want to, you know, uh, dive into your upbringing. You know, you was raised in New Jersey, moved to Virginia. Um, just kind of talk about your household and what it was like growing, what it was like for you growing up. I'm from Jersey originally. Um, went to high school in Virginia, Virginia as you said. My upbringing was a uh, single, uh, single mother, and my my brother who passed raised me, and um, try to give me every opportunity to be successful and and try to guide me on the right. Uh, on a straight and narrow, and um, I was very blessed to have the family that I had, uh, despite the situations that um, we were put in at times growing up. Um, I was raised, I believe, um, the right way, if there is a such thing, <laughs> and uh, I, was, I was very fortunate to have the right family around me that always guided me and wanted to push me um, to, to do better and bigger things. I kind of want to just talk about, uh, I know you said your brother passed, rest in peace to him, but can you kind of... Uh you know, elaborate on that just a little bit more if you if you uh comfortable with it, just how old was you? What were you know what I'm saying? Like mentally, where was you at um when your brother passed and just dealing with death, your first experience with, you know what I'm saying, dealing with death. Can you kind of talk about like that mental impact on that? Yeah. I um I was um I was 13 years old and um my brother was 22. Um, he passed uh, 29 days before his birthday. He was the one who actually, uh, if, you know, if every if every year a child, I had you had a death talk and like it's, death is a part of life. He was the one actually. It's, it's kind of ironic and crazy that you know um, he was my first real, real, real experience with it. Um, I, remember, I remember I lost uh, a pet when I was young, and I was you know brokenhearted about it. And he always was just. Um, he was always there for me in every, every facet of life, as far as, you know, he raised, you know, him and my mother, they raised me and, you know, um, you know, it was tough to, to deal with that. I had to learn to grow up very quickly. I quickly became the man of the household. Um, but that's what, you know, I, I think that's one of those things that me looking at to him as the man he was and me trying to, trying to follow in his footsteps and, and keep that same energy and being strong and being a pillar for moms. Um, uh, to know that I was okay, and I try to keep that face and keep um, keep positive energy and, and be strong through that process. Um, I just kept thinking to myself, you know, what would Quan do in those situations? Like how, you know, I, he wouldn't, you know, I, I shed tears for sure, but you know, I tried to n- not shed as many, if you understand me, and just try to be strong through that process for, for moms. Appreciate you for that, bro. Um, that's one thing that's you know kind of common in our culture is death. But that's one thing, like, we we don't get taught how to deal with the grievances and, 
you know what I'm saying, and just mourning over, you know what I'm saying, a lost one. And how that happened and hit home so early for you, I could just imagine, you know what I'm saying? I, I lost a few friends in the streets and I just know how it happened. I know Craig, you know, had a, you know, situation where his, his family almost lost their life. You know what I'm saying? So I just understand that, that mentality and then for it to just happen so early. Can you kind of talk about your, um, your high school experience? Uh, yeah, we moved, uh, I moved to Richmond, Virginia, um, for high school. Um, uh, some family stuff we had to move, we had to move down South and, um, it was cool. It, it was cool. It was such a, that was also a blessing. You know, I think I got to see, I got to play against, you know, for me, Jersey was, was, you know, it was talented, but you know, something about Virginia at that time, I feel like, you know, the, the DMV area, there was a ton of talent. Like, and you're talking about you playing against monsters all the time. Like, I mean, the, the, the biggest name I remember, like walking in the gym, I was playing with the Squires and, um, uh, I remember there's only there's only like a couple times in my life where I've like, oh yeah, this guy should be playing over me, like for sure. And uh, it was Amari Stoudemire when um he played, we played on the same AAU team one time. He probably don't even remember. It's crazy. We ended up being teammates later, but um he uh he he was special, you know. He was just very different, and I got to really get a glimpse of like levels. And it, and it happened a few times in my um uh in my career in my life. Well, I got, you know, rude awakenings. I got to see, okay, if I want to do something special, then I got a lot of, I got a long way to go. I got a lot of work to do. Um, and Craig, you know what I'm talking about. I see now, yeah, you, you know, it's, you get to see what's, um, you know, the, there's so many levels to this thing. And if you, if you really want it and how, how hard you're going to have to go after it and how high you're going to have to climb. So Virginia was, was my first um, experience with, with um, seeing how many different levels I was going to have to go to, to achieve these goals. Yeah, man, there's always those type of make or break moments, you know, like, oh, this guy's really good. Like, this is what it's going to take to like, I got to get here because it's not. It's like sink or swim, basically, you know. Absolutely. And you like and that's and that's the thing. That's the difference between, you know, a lot of people. I think it's that decision. My mom was always on me about the decision. She said, find a way to make a way. Once you make the decision, um, you know, you take the steps and you, you keep you, you make the steps. Uh, towards that and you decide to make it happen and you make it happen and that's you know you can see the monster you can see um uh goliath right and you say all right well <laughs> you can go the other way or you face it you know and i'm a god-fearing man and you know it's crazy i'll tell you one of my favorite stories is uh troy i don't know you guys seen troy before yeah well, uh who's in that brad pitt. Uh, brad pitt yes it's one of my favorite stories i tell like a lot of like kids ask me like advice and stuff sometimes and one of my favorite stories is like when the movie starts and they come and find him in the um you know in the, in the village and they're like yeah you gotta fight this monster and the kid's like i, I wouldn't want to fight him and he's like well that's why no one will remember your name <laughs> you know what i mean and it's just yeah. like to be brave and you know he he had to wear his shield he had to go through all the things he knew you know it was, it was a it was a journey that he may or may not um come back from he may or may not be successful at but he was willing to take the risk um, and pursue to something more. So I think that was, was a great metaphor for life in that moment, just to get started. Like, all right, you know what? I see this this monster in front of me. I know it's going to be a lot a lot of work to do, but you know, I'm willing I'm willing for the willing to take the challenge. Yeah, to be fearless. Absolutely, for real, for real. So 
why Colorado? <laughs> Again, it was it was a challenge. You know, I always wanted to put myself in the, in the and at that time, the Big Twelve, Colorado was the Big Twelve, and the Big Twelve when I was there was, you know, at the time, Kirk Heinrich, T.J. Ford, uh, who else was there? Um, John Lucas. You know, these are names that came through there. Like, you know, obviously after I left, then you got Kevin Durant is like the year before me. It's like that type of talent. Uh, who else? You can go was Tony, Tony Allen was with Lucas, right? Tony Allen was on that team. Tony Allen and the the twins, if you remember them. Yeah, yeah. Um, Shout out TA, man. Yeah, Tony Allen, he was there. Uh, I'm talking like headed, like every night. You look, you're looking at, you're playing against NBA talent. And that was always my goal. It was the only way. I was a guy who was never seen. I never got All-American eyes. I never got looked at. So I was like, all right, let me put myself in the mix with these guys. So if I, you know, if I can, you know, go, you know, show and prove against them, then, you know, I can maybe get a look and get an opportunity. So I wanted to go to the highest conference I possibly could. And then Colorado gave me that offer. And, you know, talking to my mom, she, she, she definitely wanted me there. Um, you know, from a school perspective and, you know, life change and everything. So um, that was it. Now we now we have a similar, like, cool, close friend, too, from from Los Angeles that you actually played in college with. Could you elaborate on, on that on that type of like friendship? Because like, you know, what I'm saying like, I, I think it's kind of like cool that we kind of have like that six degree of separation with Mook. You know what I'm saying? So could you could you talk about that for a little bit? Mook's the man. Me and Mook. So Mook. <laughs> I'm sorry. Can you say his full name too? So we can, uh, James Wright. James Wright. So shout out to, shout out to Mook. He's gone. We got cinnamon. My partner in crime, man. When are you talking about when I as soon as I touched down, um, he understood my passion was was basketball. Period. Um, he, when as soon, I, if I wasn't playing video games, I was in the gym. <laughs> it was that simple. Um, and he was one of those guys that was with was with the grind as well. So we were, we was getting up at six in the morning before school, um, after practice, and li- literally just locking in, playing one on one, just me and him. You know what I mean? And like yeah. I'm from a whole nother coast. He's a whole nother energy. I'm a whole different type of, you know, we two different speeds, but we instantly became family, like instantly, um, just because we we both had that same mission, we both had that same hunger. And we both was willing to put in that work for real. So we, we looked each other in the eyes and was like, all right, steel's going to start sharpen steel. And we try to challenge each other and push each other every day. And it just led to our, our, our friendship even to this day. You know, we talk every other day probably. And I, that's, yeah. that's, that's a lot. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> for me. So that's, that's my guy. Love him to death. Shout out to Moog. Absolutely. Shout out to Moog. Shout out to James Dre. Look, going through your college career, at what point did you start to think, okay, I could be good enough? to go to the next level, like, it could be good, good enough to go to the NBA. And, like, once you realize that, how did your preparations change? You know, you always believe that it's possible. Uh, full transparency, I didn't know. You know what I mean? I, I'm not one of those guys that's like, uh, I'm, I belong there. Like, I'm, I always would say I was going, and I always would think that. But, like, the, it didn't start to, like, I didn't start to really believe. Shout out to Jamal Mosley, um, Orlando Magic. He brought me to... He was insistent then. Uh, he brought me to uh, the Denver Nuggets um, just to do workouts with like Lennis Clazer and Melo back in the day. Um, Clazer came out of Missouri. He scored like 51 game in the league. And it was like, okay. And I got to like match up with this guy. And I was doing well. I'm not going to say who, you know, win or loss and, you know, respect to Lennis. But like, I, 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 that's what was my first glimpse at, all right, these guys are actually in the league playing 
putting up major numbers. Wait, I'm competing. Hold on, now. I think you know, and I wasn't. I was still in college. You know, what I'm saying doing some of these workouts. I don't know if that was legal, but whatever. Um, <laughs> but we, I did a few, and um, it was it was cool. It was good for me to. Um, that's when I started to say, despite whatever you know, you can. I, I was doing well in college. Like I mean, I could get a bucket when I needed to. I wasn't like a top scorer in the nation or nothing like that. I was always under the radar, so you never really know, right? You don't really. In, in mm-hmm. the back of your mind, I, I don't. I'm not an arrogant type of dude, so I I got to prove it to myself. Is my energy, so um, I had the opportunity to do so with those guys, and um, you know, I shout out to Jamal Mosley for actually letting me get in the gym and get to to really test it and see if, if my moves work, if if I can actually get a stop, you know. And it was um, that was that was the time. It was around my junior year. Shout out to Jamal. He's been around for a long, for a long, long, long time. Mm-hmm. This is what he's doing right now, coaching and everything. It was it was, it was long overdue. Absolutely. So proud of him. He deserves that opportunity and big things to come for him, for sure. Absolutely. So we're wrapping up your college career and then draft night comes on. Can you walk Mm -hmm. us kind of through what your draft night experience was like and, you know, what were your expectations going into it? I mean, I knew what was going to happen. I knew it wasn't I wasn't really the guys know, you know, my agent. Um. He told me I had a possibility of getting drafted like late, late second, maybe one or two. But like we knew what time it was. It wasn't that I wasn't I wasn't a draft guy. I was again, I was I'm an under radar guy. I'd never been picked for nothing. I wasn't it wasn't going to start then. So I remember watching and uh, just watching names get called uh, and guys that I started at that time. I started being like, I know I, I think I can do that. I know I can do this. You know what I'm saying? And I just never had the the light. I felt like. Um, and a lot of those guys had more light coming up in the AAU ranks and this, that, and the third. So I, I just knew then um, uh, that it was it's, I wasn't done, and I knew then it was going to be uphill. But I had to, you know, keep putting one foot in front of the other. So your mentality just basically kind of like stayed the same in that process. You know what I'm saying? Because you kind of already knew the uphill battle that you had to to face and the odds that you had to beat. So. My question is, is, you know, how was it your mentality? You know what I'm saying? During that whole process of, you know, going through the draft, being undrafted, um, just your whole team knowing um, what you had to do to make your dream come true. Like, what, how, was your, how was your mental? Um, I mean, it, it, I'd be lying to you if I said, oh, I just, I was so positive and I was like, it's going to happen. Like, no. It's- <laughs> Super frustrated, uh, yeah. sad, you know, and mind you, yeah. this is a dream. We talking about my brother earlier. It's a dream that we had. And at that mind, in my mind, I was failing, you know. And I'm like, all right, I'm not getting there. Um, it's not happening. Why it's not happening? Is it not in the cards? You have all of those thoughts. So I, I ain't going to sit here and pretend like I was just a super strong mentally guy and nothing phased me. And I was phased. <laughs> I was very phased. Right. Um, but, um you know, that's just real. And but end all be all, I've been again I sounds very blessed to have that family foundation. Um, that that never quit mentality. Um I had a never quit mentality for sure. Um and I had great friends and people that, you know, that believed in me and they still would, would pick me up um when um you know when I would get down and um you know, so I, it was a village that helped me get to to the heights that I was able to reach for sure. It wasn't only only me and I think I thank God that I was blessed and born into the situation where I had that foundation. So 
how did you end up in the D League? Did you go to training camp first, and then did a team tell you, hey, or you just went there first? When you know you could have possibly went overseas and got some paper already. Yeah, that was actually the plan. So it got it got ugly. Actually, what happened was um, right after right after I got drafted, after I didn't get drafted, um, I was doing these workouts and I was still going doing workouts with the Nuggets. And long, long, long story short, I'm playing as Jr. I don't think he remembers this, but I remember I was going, I was jab stepping. I went up for a dunk. And I break my foot. Um, this is in the this is in the summertime. So now I'm not drafted. I got a broken foot coming out of college, no no professional experience. All the calls stopped. Everything stopped. You know what I'm saying? And um, mm-hmm. shout out to my agent, John Spencer. He took a risk on, uh, long story short, once I got healthy, I was doing some training with the 14ers. Um, that was that was a great team on that team. You had Elton Brand, um, Elton Brown, I'm sorry. Um, Von Wafer, Lou, Lou Amundsen, Cool Jeter. Mm. Shout out Pooh. Shout out, yeah. Me and Pooh, I played in TPI with Pooh with a coach named Dart. Dart Stamp, shout out Dart. But me and Pooh been going back since middle school. That's where I met Pooh the first time, was doing my rehab um, with the Colorado 14ers G League, D League team. Um, And once I got healthy, my agent just literally called um, uh, the Fort Worth Flyers. Um, he had a friend there. I forgot who it was. And I, I just went out there on a tryout, bro. Like, he literally booked the flight. I remember in my head, I was like, if they're not flying me out there, like, they're not going to, they're not going to take this. Like, it's a waste yeah. of time taking me serious. He said, look, I'm buying the flight. Get on the flight. Go out there and go ball out. You got one one practice. Because we had nothing. Wow. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. this is how yeah. bad it got. You know what I'm saying? Like, I had, yeah. I could easily, very easily not taking the flight. And who knows what the story would have been. Um, but I took his advice. I said, all right, I'll I try. You know, just, I, I don't know, not, I don't know not to try. I didn't have them really had the funds. To, we could have figured the funds out to fly, but I just took it. Like I was like, all right, bro, yeah. he, bet on, he bet on me when nobody else would. And, um, you know, so we took the flight. I had that tryout practice, whatever you want to call it. They liked me and the rest was there. Then, then I had, I had to, I had to take the, the D league in answer to your question. Cause I had nothing else. Um, I lost a lot of opportunities that summer when I broke my foot. And then I started getting more opportunities, which took me overseas right after the D-League. So I know, like, that process, like, I, like as soon as it happened, I, like, was it like a flash before your eyes? Like, I get this, ha- you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. those real deep, like, I want to get, like, detailed <laughs> because I feel like okay. people don't understand the mind of an athlete. Like, some of the things we go through immediately in these situations because they could be like done deals for us almost you know what i'm saying yeah. and, and and i'll tell you like i was I, you know just even now just talking about it and thinking back and like i say i can't i can't say blessed enough you're gonna hear me say it a million times because one of my godfaring man this is just what i really believe and i know how blessed it was because i had nothing like and when you say and from like you said from an athlete's perspective when you have nothing, it's it, it can genuinely be over um, very quickly. And for me, um, one opportunity led me to the garden. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It took how many years? Yeah. But I went from the couch, broken foot, 
you know, I'm doing push-ups with Richard Roby in the house just to, just to, to keep, you know, he was helping me just keep my mind straight. Like, yeah, he like, nah, we ain't, you know, we ain't done. <laughs> he was like, all, right, all I could do was push-ups with him, right? You know what I mean? It's like, all right, we're going to, no, we're going to build. We can't run, but like, all right, we're going to do something. He would just come home from practice. He was still at, still at CU. And um, he was like, all right, you know, let's just, let's just, we're going to bang out 10, 10, all right, 10 back and forth, back and forth. And it was just little moments. And then I had to go back and sit back on the bed, like, Damn, I can't even, I don't know where I'm going. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. darkness sets in and you you spend your whole life on this. And then, you know, my brother, I'm like, I'm looking up in the sky, like, damn, I'm 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 fucking up. Like, is it me? Like, what did I do wrong? You do all your brain do does all the things that's not necessarily your fault. You don't know how this is gonna end. So, um, like I said, you know, I thank I thank God again for my my foundation that I knew like regardless of what it was, it ain't ain't no quitting involved. Um, you just gotta like f- figure out your situation. Like my mom always said, find a way or make a way. And I tell my youngest now, you should figure it out. <laughs> you know, because life is gonna deal you all kind of what is that? Why did this happen? Huh? Like what? Yeah. Life is gonna do this to you all day long. I mean, that's that has nothing to do with basketball. That's just life. And, you know, you got to keep pushing because right around the corner, you never know. Like I said, five years later from me having nothing on the table, foot up in the air, I'm watching Get Rich or Die Trying, thinking like, oh, that was interesting. Like, his, you know, watching his story. Yeah. And, you know, all these people are being successful around him and he's just, he can't even talk and he's trying to be a rapper. You know what I'm saying? Because he got shot in the face or whatever. You know, I hope it's not too graphic. But this is this is really, I remember all these moments yeah. to watching 50 Cent on the on sitting courtside, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. 29 and a half that, you know, this is real shit, real stuff. Um, that's another story, you know what I'm saying? But I'm like really I, watching this thing come full circle and I remember yeah. every month, you know what I'm saying? It was crazy. No, I can definitely relate to you on like so many things since, since the beginning of the interview from, you know I said, just being uh, raised in a single family household, single parent household, with your moms and everything. So kind of relate to you on a on a on a lot of things and you kind of unpacked it a lot with the mental health stuff too. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. We're just going through that that process of, you know what I'm saying, seeing your dreams this way, but then just actually what the reality and the situation is. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So I could definitely, you know what I'm saying, playing in the G League, playing in the D League at the time. Like you know what I'm saying? Like I could, I, I know what the struggle was. I know what it was like then, and then having an injury. Like I, I kind of like had a lot of similar, similar similarities in my career to where like I had an injury. I tore my ACL in in Philadelphia with the 76ers in the summer, not yeah. under a contract and everything. So I just know how that feel. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Um, the worst part of that is you can't fight. You know, and this is like, it's that you have an injury, you can't, you know, we got a fighting spirit. I could tell by everybody on the phone, we all got that fighting spirit. And, you know, most people do. And life will zap every, you know what I mean? You got to you got to go find it again. It'll take it from you, you know what I mean? But you got to go find it again. And literally, you know, that injury thing, as, you, as you're saying, bro, like, it's, it's that moment where you can't even fight back. Like, it's not like I can't run more sprints and get in better shape. I can't even, like shoot more i gotta get i gotta sit down and watch time fly and time slows down when you hurt <laughs> it slows all the way your mind get to go in all type of places it's not supposed to be in those in those moments because physically you 
you you not at your you know what I'm saying your your right capacity to work. So that mental start to to start to take control. But um, overseas, choosing to go overseas after that 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 one year in the G League, like what was your reasoning and why? Probably because it was time to go get some money, huh? Partly, yeah. It was a little bit of everything. <laughs> yeah, it was definitely time to get get, get a couple dollars. Um, I never signed like a, a huge deal overseas, but it was definitely more like listen. When I finished my G League, I remember I had I think. Cause mind you, I, I I signed it late. I signed late too, mm. so I maybe had like, I feel like it was like five or seven thousand dollars, bro. And that was, this is like, I thought I had some money at the time, yeah, so I'm yeah. like, okay, you know what I'm saying? Like I got a couple, yeah, up, I got some couple dollars, and then I, you know, then I paid rent, and then I ate, and then I was like, oh shit, you know what I'm saying? And then <laughs> like right that back, right back where we started, yeah, you get to yeah. see like, oh man, I probably should get some money. Um, you know, and I, I, I had, I seen a few guys like Pops Mr. Bunch, who I, he- I heard him, you know, he was coming back and forth from, uh, Dallas. Shout and, out Pops. Uh, JJ Berea and these guys. And they was always talking about the experience and like, uh, I seen actually Pops talking to another guy talking about, and I listen, I'm a listener. I'm always observant. Um, I seen him going back and forth with a guy about how long you should stay in, in the, in the D league. And, you know, he's like, you know, at some point, you know, you, you there's some guys that was in the D-League for a long time and they weren't making it. And I was like, listen, I, I, don't, I don't know if I want to, if I do, if I do well enough overseas, they can still see me and I still need to be smart about finance and still need to be. So I wanted to bet on myself by going overseas. I feel like I'll be more of a feature player there. Um, and, you know, shit, I had to, had to get some bread, man, <laughs> being honest. So I tried to kill two birds in one stone. Um, with that move so, on that financial situation though for like g league players lower tier nba players does the nba like supply like financial advisors for you guys to help you kind of like well, let me that? tell you like, this let me tell you this at, at that I time the d league yeah was you i think he's about to say yeah when i played in the dang, d league versus what it is you probably about to say it too two totally different contracts like the, the money at the time this is like i'm telling i'm like telling how old we are craig like <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, back in the day, boy, back in my day. Really <laughs> for real. Really crazy for me to even say it, but like literally back in my day, like there was nothing there. Like I, I don't I think the max contract was like 18 racks if he wasn't getting dropped down. Um so it wasn't even a, there was nothing to advise financially, like for for a D League guy. You know what I'm saying? Like it's yeah. what we're gonna tell you how to spend. Like you should buy like what at the grocery store. That's you know yeah. instead of buying Kellogg's, you should buy Food Lion, Savor, drinks. You know what I mean? Like they, there's nothing they're gonna tell you at at that level. You know, so it was just no money. It was just so yeah. I. Had, it was, it was I, literally the beginning. It was literally the beginning of like having an idea. Like right. so, the where where it's at today, where the NBA has affiliates and they got revolving contracts. They got money invested. They got their system invested. It wasn't like that then. It wasn't no <laughs> teams like it was. It was savage. It was like yeah. what's the, what's the uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's, no, yeah, that's, it, you said it best. That's the word for it. It was savage, bro. You gotta think about no, like, it. No, now because Gatorade is sponsored. Like Gatorade, was, sponsor. Gatorade sponsorship. There was none of that. Yep, none of that. there was none of that. It was none so, of that. Imagine, imagine starting a league um, with no sponsorship. That's what it was, especially coming like at the time you're a kid coming out of college. Oh, like, 
not used yeah. to having like your own income yeah. like that that has to be like a culture shock almost like you probably think like getting a hundred bucks is a big deal it's like and you know, yeah i thought i was doing that. it like i'm getting a check now like you know i'm like okay here's a check i don't know what money is at the time i'm not saying i do now or anything like that but like i don't at the time i'm a kid for real like i never really had i'm come from very humble beginnings you know what i'm saying and like yeah you know, mom made sure I had food. I'm not one of those like crazy stories where we ain't, you know, but we had, it was real, you know? So that being said, I didn't know nothing about like how to, how to manage the little bit that I had, if you, you know, just to answer your question, but it wasn't much to manage anyway. You know, it's just, that's just the situation was what it was. You had to make do and it was everybody, that, it was such a dope place. It was savage for sure. I can't, that's, that word was so perfect, but it was also like, for me, I like to be around it because everybody there was, was me. Everybody there had the same goal. Everybody was, yeah, everybody was like, you know, we were genuine. My team, it felt like, I don't know, I can't speak for every team, but we was genuinely happy when somebody got called up. Like, yo, look at him. We, he's right here with us. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's what it felt like to me, at least. Um, so it was that energy was like, okay, you know, we all in this, you know, we, we was competing against each other and everybody wanted a shot. But, like, it was also, it was also um, dope to be in that, like, that chamber where everybody was trying to figure figure out how to get to the next level. So in your Anthony Bourdain mentality, <laughs> what was your experience like overseas going from team to team, country to country, Spain, Netherlands, Germany, Belgium? Break that down well, for me. Every year, every year I was I was optimistic and then frustrated. You know, it was it was like cause at the end of the day I was still Anybody that plays overseas knows right right around this time. I think anybody watching this from overseas will be like, "Yep, this is right, right around March." Where it's like it's been a long year, and <laughs> it was, it's it's like you know. And I always I used to get on every contract. I used to get an NBA out clause, so like if the NBA ever called me, I could get out and um with no penalty. Because in the back of my mind, I was always trying to make it back. I never yeah. I went overseas, but it was the goal was to always to leave. Always, you know what I'm saying? I didn't, I turned down contracts with larger money because I thought the situation would be better for me to put up better numbers to give me an opportunity to get back to America. And um, so it was, it was, it was always fun going into a new state. I mean, a new state, a new country, a new city, a new situation. Um, I'm walking into a new world, like, oh, this is cool. You know, I should take videos. You know, I'm in mm -hmm. all, of, all these cool cities in Europe. And I, I got, that was I knew it was a blessing. I was having a great time, but then towards the end of the season, it's like, damn, I'm still here. I'm not where I want to be, and you know that's another fresh. That, that's where towards the end of the year, it'd be frustrating. I'm like, well, so I have to do um, to make it back. But again, you just, you just keep trying to build on each situation, and um, it wasn't always it wasn't about the check. When I say build on for any overseas guys, I was trying to build on each situation, trying to make sure the following season was a better situation. It's not always about the money. Um, you want to have, you know, you want to get paid, you know what I'm saying? But sometimes, mm -hmm. like, literally, I have your league opportunities and I picked a team that was going to let me be the feature guy and allow me the opportunity to get noticed. You know what I mean? So I always try to try to strategize the, the, the overall career from a longevity perspective than the media pockets or media glory of playing on a top team. I just was thinking, like, all right, how do I get back? So that was that was basically my European experience was, was highs and lows and strategizing, trying to figure out how I can get back to America. So you just raised a question for me now, and I think you got to answer it. Do most players who go overseas feel like their goal is to get back to the NBA? And 
if they don't get back to their NBA, is it a failed mission, even though they may have had success in Europe? From their perspective, there are guys that's like that. I have a very close friend who 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 I had a, I remember having a really deep conversation about that. And um some guys do feel that way. They do feel like it's a failed mission. I told them, listen, it's not. You know, it's 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 really not. Uh, I remember my agent told me, young, if you're able to be paid to play this game, you know, that's 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 an honor in itself. And if you're able to do it at length, it's a miracle. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. He said yeah. it way better than I did. But, like, that's basically what it was. And, you know, we work really hard. If you can get a scholarship from this game man, and, and graduate from college, you know, get 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 that degree, fellas, anybody that's watching. But um, and if you're able to get school paid for, you know, and that means you are, you are elite, you know, in itself. Um, I think that's, that's, that's awesome. I think if um, you're able to go and play overseas for a while at all, if you're able to even get a check, get one check, get a, get a flight paid for that you didn't have to pay for, you know, I think that's awesome because there's so much in the, in the world to see. Um, yeah. It's bigger than basketball. So, you know, the, the overall, the European experience is so dope and there's so much that comes with it. Um, you know, there's there's pros to it that we sometimes don't see because of the goal. Um, for those guys that have that NBA goal, and some guys are going overseas knowing they overseas guys, and that's there's nothing wrong with that either. You know, it's just yeah. um everybody's got a different story, but you know, I always tell my guys, I used to tell Mook especially, you know, you know, smell these roses before you under them. You know what I mean? So it's good that you um, you know, you're going through these things, like smell the roses. It's dope that you had, you accomplishing these things and, and be proud of yourself for, for doing that. So let's fast forward a little bit now. You're 28, you have years of experience overseas, G League experience. You end up on the Knicks. How does that happen? Like that, that's so unheard of, especially back then, having someone come from overseas with no NBA experience, just get signed to an NBA roster like that. Can you walk us through like how that happened and how that came about for you? Yeah, very, very long story. But um, again, I, I, I look up, you know what I mean? I say, uh, I think that was nothing but God given. You know, you got to think I was in Belgium. I wasn't even in like, I was playing in Euro, European competition. And mind you, I was, I was killing. Like that was the year Darren Williams, he had, I think he had 50 or something like that. And I was number two in Euro Challenge and scoring. Euro Challenge, this wasn't Euro League or nothing, but it was still, you know, we playing in all, you know, top, top teams in multiple countries. I was doing my thing. So from a basketball standpoint, I was doing well. I was making noise. Um, and, you know, I, I they found me. You know, long, long, long story short, shout out to my agent. He was pushing. Uh, Alan Houston and him was having conversations. And, um, you know, I could tell you all the, the, the details. And it's a very, very long story. But that's the gist of it, bro. Like, it just, you know, it's God-given. And, you know, I, I, a lot of things came at the right time. What was the process? Like what was going on in your head? Because um, that I, I just want to kind of dive into that just a little bit more because uh, like you was basically like kind of paving the way at this time. Like Jordan was saying, like it was unheard of. So what was like was really going through your head? Because I know you were saying the goal the whole time was to get back into the league and mm -hmm. now to be able to, you know what I'm saying? make that happen like what was like your real conversations with yourself well my I mean I would talk to my coaches and like shout out to Eves Dufresne he's I say he's my favorite coach of all time um he used to say like every year you're over here the window is going to get smaller and smaller for what you're trying to do 
And, you know, anybody that played with me knew I had the, had the talent to do it, but was it going to happen? You know, it's, I keep looking up. Like, it's, we see what you got in the cards. And, um, you know, you just have to do your part. And um, that's what I was trying to do. That was the conversation I had with myself. I remember my last season overseas, I, I think I might, I didn't give up, but it was like almost like a, look, that window is, I'm 27 years old. You know what? I remember saying it to myself, like, listen, I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm giving them hell. You know, I'm like, whoever's in front of me is going to pay for this. Like, this is just like, I think, um, shout out to Tyron, make him pay, uh, Tyron Johnson. Um, that's, he knows what I'm talking about. I told him my story, but, um, you know, that was, that was it for me. It was like, listen, you know, whoever's in front of me, they're going to have to feel my pain for still being here. And uh, that was like my, really one of my models for the year. Like, I don't know if I'm going to make it. It was never like, I'm going to make it to the NBA this year. It's going to happen. Like, I kind of was like, this keeps happening every year. You know what? I'm on a whole nother, whole nother type time this year. NBA or no NBA, I don't know what time it is. You know, and that's that's the first time I had uh, MVP season. And um, like, I got MVP that of the country that year. And I always told my coach that, uh, my coach Eves, that, you know, I always thought getting MVP was going to get be my ticket for them, to, was to be loud enough, loud enough noise for them to see me. Because I never had a summer league. I never had these opportunities, you know. And I was like, if I get MVP one time, maybe I'd get on the summer league. You know what I'm saying? And literally, that's what happened. It took how many years overseas. I led leagues in scoring. Never got MVP. Um, that year I did. I finally got it, and next thing you know, I was with the league, uh, with the Knicks in the summer league, and next thing you know, I was in the garden. That's all she wrote. So, being that it is your first year in the garden, that's the the smell of the the popcorn. What was your welcome to the league moment? Uh, my welcome to the league, like, oh, this is different. Uh, it was it was not in the garden. It was at it was at um Sacramento, and I remember, um, mind you, I've been playing overseas for a while. And I forgot it was a steal. There's like a there's a gift of this online somewhere. My my boys they mess with me sometimes and send it to me. But it's uh like so I got a steal, or somebody got a steal. They pass it to me and I'm, it's a fast break. Now overseas, like I'm playing against guys. The only athletes were like my size, right? But usually the guards like run past your knees, right? So like I'm like I usually like you know it's not a euro step, but you know you slow it down, you let them run by. And you lay it up and make sure they don't clip you or something because it gets dirty overseas. You played over there yeah. like this. Anybody will tell you. Yeah. I'm used to seeing this and I'm seeing um, Brooks uh, <laughs> running me down. But I'm like, I'm thinking, I see him in the corner of my eyes, but I'm like, okay, he's going to run by and I'm going to get this lay. So I do my normal slow down. But he's he's not like, he's gathering. But, you know, the basketball happens fast, but it's like, um, yeah. it's slow. If you understand me, you know what I'm saying, right? So... I'm like gathering and I remember just going up. And this guy, he's, I don't know how how tall Brooks is, maybe five nine, five ten. And I'm six eight, six nine. And I go up and he glasses my like probably two hands and Sacramento goes crazy. Ooh, and they come down, they pass the for dead. He has a big three. And they smoking us. They beating us by like 20. Um at the time. We end up coming coming back and making it in the game. But um yeah, he he glass he glass my. I just remember feeling like, wow, this is really different. This guy's five ten. How did he do? He's this athlete. So like, it's one of those like I'm looking at Amari dunking on everybody in high school again. Like, okay, this is different. Like, this is, I got to figure this out right now. Um, and I definitely got an earful in the locker room at halftime. But 
Um, <laughs> like, yeah, what coach say? You get your, you getting your ish blasted by a five ten guy. Yeah, my teammates are like, why don't you just dunk that? Sh-? And in my head, yeah. I'm like, if you know, you do that, like when they running you down like that, yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? So you like, slow I'm like, down. Yeah, let me, let me protect myself. I'm just conditioned. I've been overseas six years, five years. Yeah. You know what I mean? So like, that's what I do. I get the bucket. You know what I'm saying? I don't, I'm yeah. not missing that. You know. So, um, but yeah, I didn't. I never seen nobody that size go up with me. They only try to throw me off. You know what I'm saying? Because they can't go up. Nah, they yeah. can go up here. Welcome to the NBA. <laughs> so that was that was my moment. At halftime, everybody, you know, screaming. Uh, dunk, you know, why didn't you dunk that? Is that and the coach is like, whatever happens, you don't stop playing. You know what I'm saying? Because I was, it, yeah. it, it was like, oh, shit. and I froze for a second, like, damn. And I didn't get back. And I guess that's part of how the three came. You know what I'm saying? Boom. It is, you know, boom, boom, boom. Um, you know, you get you get punch drunk in those moments. But you know, Kurt Thomas, you know, pulled me to the side, and when everybody was done yelling at me before we went out, <laughs> and uh, and was like, you keep doing what you're doing. Go out there. What he literally said was, "Go out there and give us twenty, like you do, and finish the game." And I, I really did. I had twenty something. I brought us back. We got close. Um, we ended up losing a close game, but he he got me back center. So shout out to Kurt because he was always my in my ear, making me feel. You know, you need those vets that just pull you. Pull yeah, you back. Kirk Kirk was my vet too in Portland, man. Shout out to Kirk Thomas. Man, he cool, just got an I'm Instagram, good. man. He's a cool guy. Such a He's cool on IG guy. now. Yeah, he got an IG now. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm at him. I'm at him. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna send this to him. We're gonna for sure send this to him. Kurt, Kurt was so instrumental in my in, in any success that I had there, man. Like literally, like when because it's it's tough. The guard New York is not for everybody. Let me tell you right now, um, it is not. And you know, Kurt and you know, I have a lot of a lot of vets on that team that helped me. Um, but Kurt was Kurt was my guy, and literally, like when he it's like he could smell it on me when I was like, fuck. He'd come mm-hmm. up with coat. Come on, young son. You know, and he'd talk to you and, and get me back square, whatever I needed to hear at the time. He might he might give me a kick in the butt. He might, yeah. you know, I might be getting too too high on my laws and hey, lock in. Yeah. You know, I needed that too. And he was there for, you know, whatever I needed that whole season. So yeah, shout out to Kurt. And you ended up having a great rookie year with the Knicks. You got a 33 point game, two points away from Mike's record, by the way. Just wanna throw that out there. Um, <laughs> you awesome. had an Eastern Conference Rookie of the Month nod, and you finished eighth in Rookie of the Year voting. Speaking of those adjustments you made, though, like what were some of those major adjustments you had to make right off the bat coming from, you know, that that different basketball overseas coming now into the NBA? The light. Uh, no one can explain it to you, um, especially especially in New York, because I went to I went from eighteen, I think it was eighteen hundred people in, in the in the in the whatever you want to call it, gymnasium the year before in Belgium. Um, love those people over there. Um, but 1,800 people in that gymnasium to Madison Square Garden. It's, you can't explain the light. Like, you can't explain the difference. You can't explain me being from Jersey and now everybody's, and my people are really watching every game. And you can't, you know, mama's there. And <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And aunts and uncles. And- Mama there, P there. <laughs> yeah, my, yeah, my exactly. You know, Weezy there, all that, right? And For then Juan there, right? So you can't really explain. Yeah, you can't can't really explain what that feels like as far as like, um, it's just different. <laughs> it's just it's just different. And you yeah. gotta figure it out. That's so, full circle right there for sure. Yeah, yeah it is. Like, yeah, it's a team it like is. 
you know, I grew up watching Starks and Ewan and all these guys, you know. So for me, that was, uh, I'm like, how about this? And now Starks is there and Ewan is shaking my hand, you know, and like he wasn't, he would, Ewan was with uh, Charlotte, I think, at the time on the, on their bench. But like he, I could tell he had, you know, he had different, he, he, we spoke, we actually spoke about it a lot of times. He, you know, congratulated me on my success at the time. And this is like a guy, like, again, I was a kid in Jersey looking at you, you know, going to get going to war against the, everybody in the NBA. You know, you're one of the best players in the league, Patrick Ewing. You know what I mean? So, yeah, it did come full circle. That's why I kept saying, like, it's, it's such a blessing to think I was on the couch with a broken foot. And next thing you know, this is, you know, some of these guys I grew up idolizing is showing me respect. So that was that was crazy. Now, after this stellar Knicks season, you signed a deal with the the Pacers. Mm-hmm. How explain that? Like now, you know, you you were really wanted, and one was that the first team that gave you an offer, and two, just explain like how you felt that you were solidified now. Like, all right, like this ain't no non guaranteed joint. It wasn't. It wasn't. It, um, uh, say again. No, I was just saying it's a little bit of validation, a little bit. For sure, for sure. It wasn't the first offer. Um, and even the Knicks gave an offer, but they didn't have any money. Like, you look at that team, that roster, like, it was – everybody was paid. You know what I'm saying? And they, they didn't expect to have me. And they they were trying to make moves to, to be able to give me some money. But Indiana came with, with, with significantly more. And Larry Bird gangsted me. So, like, what happened was – <laughs> this is exactly what happened. So this is not, I don't think I ever told nobody this story outside of my circle, but literally the call came and Larry was like, they put the, Larry put the offer on the table. and was like, you got 24 hours, what you want to do? <laughs> so it wasn't no thought process. Like I had other offers too. Other teams, like if he wants to come, like it was kind of more chill about it. And then I was thinking about it. And then the, the, the number was one of the highest. It wasn't actually, um, well, it was the highest there was another one that was like more for less of a time, like one, for like a one plus one. Yeah. Um, but there was like, it had three, it was three years at team option, which we ended up re- rejecting and all this. But um, I remember they put it on the table and I sent it to text to all my teammates. And I was like, bro, and that we had just came out of there um, going to war with these guys. And I was like, I didn't want to do it. I didn't even want to do it. And I saw the money and I was like, I still didn't want to do it. Cause it didn't, it didn't feel good. And everybody told me, get the money, son. Like everybody get the money. What's wrong with you? Go get the money. I remember even Melo sent me a text. Like, um, I, I said, Indiana's offering me. And then, um, he was like, no, oh, we can figure it out here. We still like, you know, still talking about it. Like, all right, let's, let's see. And then I told him how much it was. And he was like, listen, okay, <laughs> <laughs> uh, like all of these guys was all these guys, you know, it was, it was actually so dope because all those guys was literally genuinely happy. And wanted me to see, wanted to see me be all right. I wasn't. I was still thinking competition. We just got out of the playoffs, like, you know, like man, these dudes, like, bro. I'm still. I'm trying to go at these guys next year. You know, I, I still. I had a different mentality. This is my team. This is the first team that, first team that brought me in. Like, you know, this is this is my team. You know, I'm Jersey. I'm a Jersey kid. Like, I felt all the like. I don't want to leave. I, you know, and everybody was like, "Boy, you crazy? You sign that contract. You go on about your business." That was most of the conversation. So. End up taking it and um, I, on their advice, honestly, because if anybody, if like if a few guys would have told me not to take it, I'd have turned the money down. I ain't gonna lie to you. I was just on it like that because well, in my brain, I always betting on myself. So I was just, I'd have took another year and, see, and seen what happened. But everybody said, sign, go, congratulations, son. You know, so 
That's what it was. But like let's when Melo about... tells you to sign a contract, you got to sign a contract. <laughs> that's, that's crazy. I feel like if, if Carmelo Anthony tells you to sign yeah. a contract, you sign a contract. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's what Melo do. <laughs> yeah, Melo cool, man. And that's the thing. Like everybody, you know, I don't know what they say. I haven't. I've heard mixed with you know stuff on the internet. Never from nobody who played with him. Um, he's a great teammate, man. You know, Melo. Melo to me was a great teammate. I remember missing a. I missed our last shot. Um, of the season in the playoffs. You know, you know and we was trying to draw up a play for him, and they like tried to like they they uh they um. It was like denying him, and I was like, I remember trying to get it to him, and we slipped, and we and I said, "Fuck it, I, I could score. I'm gonna shoot." Nope, didn't go, didn't go down for me. I thought I was gonna have a moment, it didn't work. And I was like, "Man," I told him in the locker room, I was like, "Bro, I probably should have got you the ball." He was like, "Don't even do that. Don't do that. Get out your head now. Like, you know, you made a play. Live with it. It's cool." Like, and you know, a lot of guys would might have been not not have been, might have been like, yeah, man. Like, give me, bro. Like, what are you doing? Like, see, you know, he he made sure. And, to tell me the things that was so it wouldn't linger in my brain. It's like, nah, it happens, bro. Like, you, that was the right play. Like, don't even do that to your head. Don't even do that to yourself. I'll never forget that. You know, like that's 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 what you need. That's what teammates are supposed to be. So shout out to Melo too, man. I know. But let's just talk about how Larry Bird gave you like the Denzel training day. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you want to go to jail? You want to go that's home? What it was. So I had a day. I have sent those texts in a day. I was like, because I had to make a decision now. Like, I'm like, all right, this is this is a big offer for me to say no to. I did realize that, and that's what that was the message. Like, if you don't make a decision in 24 hours, this deal's gone. You know, and you know, Larry Bird, a gangster, we ain't bluffing. I don't believe him to be no kind of bluff. So, you know, salute to Larry too. You know, always was good to me. Um, I'm very glad I made that decision. Um, made more friends, more lifetime friendships um, from being out there. It was just. Uh, no, it's all a dream come true, man. It all, it all was, man. Shout, shout out to everybody that helped in the process. All right, now going into uh, finishing your NBA career with, you know, what I'm saying my hometown, Milwaukee Bucks. You know, what I'm saying? can you kind of just talk about, uh, you know, your time there after playing 24 games with the Bucks, and then. Um, Kind of going back overseas. Can you kind of just walk us through that 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 process after yeah. leaving Indiana? Yeah, um, it was a great experience. Jason Kidd came and got me. Long story short, we I just played with him with New York. And then he was a head coach, and he came in, um, signed me, and okay. I had a great experience. Man, I got to play with a really young team, um, young a baby Giannis, uh, young a young Chris. He wasn't a baby then. He was he was still killing. Um, and a bunch of guys. It was a great. It was a great cast. Shout out to Jabari Park and all. You know, they was very young and talented, very young and talented. And um, that's that. It was that type of season. You know, long story short, um, I, I did not finish the year there, um, but I played. I was there for the, ma- the majority, I would say. Um, and um, I didn't play a lot on that team. They were trying to get their guys minutes and all that. And I understood that. That's what it was. That's what it was about. Um, but it was it was great to be around a, a young Giannis and got to see. Um, I was telling everybody early like this kid is. I knew he was good in Indiana. I remember watching on this. I was watching. He was playing like garbage minutes, and I was just watching from the sideline. I was like, "That's different." Like, nah, he he made he was doing some things like, "Yeah, that kid's gonna be an all star." Because you could tell he was a baby. Like, like that's and people was like, "No, nah, like whatever." I'm like, "All right." I got on his team. I was telling everybody he's gonna be one of the greatest basketball players that ever lived. 
And like I, I, once I seen it, like up close, I played because you know, I played with Hall of Famers. You know what I'm saying? Like I played with a bunch of them. I played with Jason Kidd. I played with Carmelo. I played with, I, I mean, PG. I think he's he's as elite as they come. You know, whatever you call him, Hall of Famer or not, but like he's, I think he's as elite as they come. He's a two way two way guy. Mm-hmm. MVP candidate. He's been. You know, he's elite. I played with some yep. guys that, that can go get it, right? Shout out and, PG. Uh, yeah, shout out PG. And then I saw this kid, and I remember, like, just, just things about him, like, you can't explain. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, what? how did he do that? And you could see he was still figuring it out. Like, he, he was doing that. That's the time when he was doing the one-two step and trying to figure out if he could, like, he's, oh, you could see in his eyes. He's yeah. like, oh, I can dunk that. I'm like, why? Because I'm, I told you, I'm, I'm a guy that sits back and I'm watching guys. I watch with the, I watch, I process things, you know what I mean? And I'm watching yeah. him really figure it out on the floor. I'm like, oh, when he learns he can do that, he's going to start oh, doing man. it. Yeah. yeah he's, and he started, and you see now, he does it every night. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, whatever he wants to do. Um, and the, the, the thing that was so special about him wasn't just his abilities, was that at night, he's working out. He's doing, he's there before practice. He's doing the weights. He's doing extra shooting after practice. Then he's coming back, what we used to call night school. There's only a few of us there. Yeah. And he's doing night school every time. Every time I'm in there, and I, I was proud of myself. That was just my regimen was getting extra shots. Like, yeah. was, I didn't have those athletic abilities. I had to do all the work. So I like to call mine the graveyard shift. Yeah, you know, graveyard shift. Exactly. You know, and he was putting in, he was putting that in. It, like, every, him, you know what I'm saying? And I'm like, okay. And you can see in his eyes, his pain was different. He's playing for different reasons. Like his passion is not going nowhere. He's not going to slow down. He's not going to win a championship and be like, this is cool. You know what I'm saying? He's not that type. He's a whole different type of beast. I was like, he's going to be one of the greats for sure. And I remember, I'm telling you, at the time, people was laughing at me. And I don't care what nobody said. He's well on his way. And I, I think he he has Mount Rushmore uh, ability. Um, I think he's going to be. I think he's going to be. Mount Rushmore of NBA. I, I, I've said that. I can, I can say that with confidence. You got you got directly right into the next question I was about to ask you. So, you know what I'm saying? I appreciate that. I was about to ask you, you know what I'm saying? What, how did you see that young Giannis to the Giannis he is today? You know yeah. what I'm saying? And he worked for it. I'll say that. You know, everything he's doing right now, he worked for it. You know? Definitely. And, definitely. Uh, it's It's... You know, you see him now, he's coming down, shooting the three ball, two people contesting him, like, you know, and I'm not surprised because, you know, the stuff that he's going to learn, you can learn. You can't learn what he does athletically. You can learn how to shoot the ball. You can do that. You know, if you're brave enough to, to miss, if you're brave enough to, like, to, 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 to play through those misses. Like, you see him shoot an air ball and, like, he come right back. He got heart, man. The kid's got heart. You know, and and that's I, I've always admired that about him. He's just a tough kid, comes from humble humble background as well, and you can see it when he plays. He plays with that dog, with that energy. I'm so proud of where he's came in. Like it's and it's and I think he's uh, it's only getting started. That's the that's the crazy part. Like he's far from his from his peak, in my opinion. And he's already two time MVP, Defensive Player of the Year, All Star. You know what I'm saying? Twenty seven. Yeah. Is he twenty seven? Twenty seven. Yeah. 27. yeah. <laughs> Come on, like what? So champion yeah. and champion, excuse me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like that's yeah. the kid is the kid is gonna do some big things. Um, so proud of him, man. I just because I've seen that work, so he deserves it. All right, so you going back overseas? Can you take a minute to just talk about 
the mindset and you having to leave the NBA and uh, going back overseas and just, you know, the the, the mental um, process that you have to do to kind of like kill your ego and mm-hmm. just all of the things that you had to fight with just making that transition, going back overseas and like what were your expectations with that? Uh, yeah, I, I've been through some things. Um, and my, my, my physical wasn't the same and I understood where I was and long story short, um, I was still, honestly, at that stage, I was frustrated for sure. But like at that stage, I knew, you know, like it's, it's still a blessing, you know, like it's, I got to go to, to two more really cool countries. I went to Andorra and I went to, um, Turkey and it was two great experiences, man. Like it was, uh. I was very blessed to continue to have two more years. And I, I'm not a guy that didn't enjoy his time overseas. Like I said, I had, you know, the roller coaster, like, wow, I'm not, I'm still here. I haven't made it to the NBA. But now in these two, these two seasons, I already made it, you know? So now it's like I'm talking to the younger guys. I'm, you know, I was on teams where guys were like asking me questions and I would think I was inspiring them to to do more. And I think you're gonna see some guys that I've played on that are actually gonna sneak in the league. One of my, you know, some of these guys are like doing big things in Euroleague now. Um, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's exciting. Like it was good to, this part of my life, I love to give back a part. Like, I don't feel like I have much more to prove for a guy that had my, my trajectory. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like for me to, to, the little bit that I did achieve, I'm very proud of. And I, I was, I was, I was able to, um, be, be content with that at that stage. And it's time to go back over. Rhino vision. So yeah, this, this segment right here, Cope, is called Rhino's vision. And what I like to do is, I always like to tell our guests to walk us through their favorite play, but I need it to be detailed because I need the the viewers to understand what exactly what's going on in that situation. Okay. So I need you to call the play out your the favorite play, favorite situation, and your favorite position and how you score. Uh favorite actual play has to be game winner against um the Bucks. And I remember I was supposed to pass the ball, and I said no. And uh, <laughs> I was with I was with Indiana. So like, how did they draw the play up then? How they draw the play up? Like, where was you positioned? I was supposed at? to like the angle. I'm still trying to. I'll be honest. I don't have that LeBron. Like, well, you know, LeBron. Yeah. yeah All right, So was you on the elbow or was you on the wing? Yeah. I was like I was like in the middle of the um. Like I came up, I was like kind of on the elbow, and I came like to the top of the key to get the catch. I'm supposed yeah, to like hand it, hand it off for Rasul. <laughs> Shout out to Rasul Butler. Shout out to Rasul. Um, but I was supposed to hand it off. I remember him telling me next time you give me the ball, he was messing with me. It was it was fun. But um, I was supposed to hand it off, and he came by. I'm almost positive it was Rasul, but it was it was it was designed for it to end up in his hands pretty short. And I handed it off to him. Or I, was, I faked the handoff and I just drove. And I went base and I, I remember went I went um from the top of the key and shot a floater. Um who did I shoot the floater over? I shot the floater over somebody for for a game winner in Indiana when I was I mean when I was with Indiana playing against the Bucks. Um that was that was probably my favorite basketball, basketball moment. My favorite moment was like hugging my mom after the first game, but um but my favorite in game moment. Yeah, I know my mama's boy. <laughs> yeah, ain't no wrong with being a mama's boy. Yeah. We all been raised by mom, single. You know what I'm saying? For sure. For sure. Mama, love you. Mama, I love you. 
right? But no, my favorite in-game moment was that probably like just hitting that game winner, like again coming from where I came from and all the things I yeah. experienced. And winner in the NBA, like that was, and I and before that play happened, I was sitting on the bench with Lance, and you'll see, like after I hit the shot, like you see me point at Lance because I told him like they're gonna need me to hit this game winner. Watch, they're gonna call, was gonna call my number, and I'm gonna hit the game winner. And I told him, so like, and after I hit the shot, you'll see me point at him, and Lance is like all screaming on the like, you see his eyes get big in the replay. It's on YouTube. It's just it's dope. Nah, let's just talk about that manifestation right there. He gonna put me in the game, gonna need me to get the game winner. I'm gonna hit the game winner. Like I put it out there, universe, do your thing. That's exactly <laughs> what happened, you know. And he, he I was sitting, I was because it was, you know, it was that end close end of the close uh, end of a close game, right? So I'm sitting down, and you know how they go offense, defense, lineups, and you know. It is what it is. I wasn't a defender, right? So <laughs> they had me in. Uh, they had me on the bench for for the defensive unit. The defensive unit gets to stop, and I, in my head, I just I'm playing chess with it. I'm like, he's gonna have to call me to go get this. And um, it was just it was just a it was just a um, again it was it was it wasn't drawn up for me, but I got a catch, and I was like, okay, we going. I'm taking this shot. Um, I had a pre. I, I I thought about should I run the play, but no, I, I've been breaking plays for my whole life. Like I just, I just that's what it is. Like now nah, I'm taking this. So um, I'm glad it worked out. I'm glad I get you know because I've had a few moments. Yeah, I got like the I win. Said. Yeah, I got the win. That's all that matters. Oh, that is what it is. It worked out. Nah, that's bad. <laughs> all right, we'll go on to the uh, next segment. We call it "Give a Dog a Bone." It's just rapid fire questions. Um, <laughs> We'll start off. This is the Underdogs podcast. We want to know what your favorite dog breed is. Husky. Husky. Favorite musical artist. Sade. Favorite shoe. Short yeah. And- yeah. Yeah. I know the shoe too. Yeah. I don't know the number. I think it's thirteen. It's thirteen. It's thirteen or eleven with the hologram in the bubble inside, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 I, I, I see the thirteen or the eleven. Um, the black cat is what they call it, though. Yeah, the- a black cats. All yeah. black, all black. Because I wear them to play, and I wear them walking around with some chill. Yeah, he got like a GTA closet full of them. You know what I'm saying? Like, you want to pick a color? No, it's the Gold. same shoe over. <laughs> you ever seen Dr. Dre NWA video? He had an all black home <laughs> shoe. Like, it's the same right. shoe. It's a fact. It's a fact. It's an actual fact. He's loyal. We can appreciate it. He is loyal. He's loyal. He loves that shoe. <laughs> favorite teammate you had in the NBA? Um, Favorite teammate, Shump. Iman Shumper. Who is your role model in life and in basketball? My mother. Um, In, bro- in basketball, my brother. Um, Yeah. Okay. Favorite city to play in, NBA or overseas? Uh, favorite city to play, like a um, that I played any like against or for either favorite city either. Uh, my favorite city overseas is Barcelona by far. Favorite city, my favorite city in the world. I like it better than American cities too. Being honest, oh. it, it is. But um, basketball, NBA, I would say I say New York. It was my first, my first opportunity, New York. Favorite hobby other than basketball? Craig, should I tell him? <laughs> yeah. Music. Music, okay. What type? Uh, he's, a, he's, a, he's a really good artist. I'm not even going to lie. Like, he sends me some good things, man. Like, 
I like his progression. I like where he started. I like where he is now. His mm. flow's very nice. Um, I hope at some point the world gets to hear it because they need to. It's really Mike, Mike it's T. It's nice. We need I can't, I'm not even gassing. We, we need I'm not even gassing. I'm just keeping it 100. We need keeping an intro it 100. song. Cole got bars. Tap me in. I surprise you. Um, that's, we get, that's, uh, get a, it don't even look like it don't even sound like him, bro. Uh, nah, don't I mean, sound I, like him at all. You don't even I'll think you don't even know his coat. I'll tell you that. You know, I, I think a perspective though. I could just tell by just gauging off the, the the interview. He definitely he definitely got perspective. So I'm interested. Yeah, okay. some stuff is coming. Actually, believe it or not, I know I've been saying that forever, Craig, but it's coming. It's coming. I just uh, soon sooner than you believe. Got All it. Right. Hardest player to guard. The best players to me was LeBron. The hard, was he the hard the hardest to guard? You know who I had the, my worst nights. Um, it wasn't even on 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 the court for real. It was one on ones with J.R. Smith. I'll be mm-hmm. honest. Yeah, Jr. Right. Tough. That Jared, tough. That's a tough guard. Jr. Yeah. Yeah. Like we played a lot of one on one. Long nights, man. I ain't gonna say it a lot to you. You know, what it's I'm because saying? he's really strong, but then he's really quick, and he has a really good jump shot. And Under- his footwork is athletic. And he <laughs> you know, what I'm like, he's got handles. He can shoot from anywhere. He can and, he can fly. and he's strong. Yeah. He's stronger than he looks, man. I'm telling you. And I'm, it's just I'm like he can strong. jab. Then take that dribble, go through the leg, bump yeah. you to throw yeah. you off balance. Yeah. And around the back, fade away, or in the rim. Opposite yep. leg, he got all of the tricks. Yeah, off the, off the, shout out JR, man. JR yeah. got a package, a real I, package. I kind of feel bad for him, though. My like, Smith brother. I feel like yeah. a lot of the younger generation, like the people coming up now, are only going to remember him for that mess up in the finals. Real well, that's because of social media, man. Yeah. If, he had, if he had social media, that shit that he used to be doing in open gym. Those dunks, like too? Come yeah. on. Saying him and James White. I just seen James White uh, post something where he jumped for the free throw line, went through the leg. Y'all remember that? Oh, uh, yeah. I remember that. Flight, that's my guy, too, man. Shout out, James. What are your thoughts on playing in the big three this year? Uh, I've been, th- been thinking about it for a long time. Um, what up, Scott? <laughs> T. Scott. I know, <laughs> I know right, Craig? <laughs> I'm going to answer. I ask him every summer. Craig, ask him every summer. Craig, Craig and I will talk. I, I think I'm going to tag, tag Anthony and the fourth man pod on this. They will make okay. sure everyone knows you want to play in the big three, and then it'll happen. No, we're going to we'll tag a big three. No worries. Yeah, we'll talk, we'll make we'll it talk about it. We'll talk about it. <laughs> Oh, I don't know if we want everybody to know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my, my you know what I mean? <laughs> we might want to keep that G14 classified. <laughs> me, me, me and Cope know we always wanted to play on the team together, especially in, in recent years by us playing a lot of pickups. So, like, man, actual I, facts. Actual facts. And we play well together, too. So They really will. Okay. Dude, what was your favorite, your funniest moment, man? You got to have one in the guard. Somebody said something funny, dude, in the crowd. Like, yo, look at his right. Snickers. Is he hooping in Tim? One of my, fun, like, my, funniest, my funniest moment, I mean, honestly, in the, I don't see, hopefully I got time. Yeah, it'll, it'll happen. So it wasn't really funny, but I met, so when I met Tracy Morgan, it's one of my favorite stories. Um, it was really dope. It was, it was really dope. So uh, I met Tracy Morgan in the summertime. It was before, it was before, it was actually one summertime. It was like right before training camp. I went, we was at a, a EA sports event 
he walks up to him. Um, he's like, I know you. You know, Trace, he got like a loud, his inner voice and he's not inner type. It's loud. It's always just loud, right? So he's like, uh, I know you. And I'm like, oh, shit. And at the time, I'm not thinking nobody nobody knows me. Like, I'm thinking like, I used to, everybody used to make fun of, make fun of me and say I look like Waka Flocka, right? So I was thinking like, he really thought that that was, that was him. And I was really nervous because he's a comedian. And when he realizes I'm not him, there's going to be way more jokes. And I don't got jokes like that, right? So I was real <laughs> nervous. And he was like, he said, um, I know you. I said, nah, nah, I think you got somebody else. He said, nah, you came from overseas. I was like, I was leaning back. He said, I told you, I know you. I was like, oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, okay, what's, what's good? How you doing, man? Nice to meet you. And we started talking about the city. He was like, you, um, he said, you believe in dinosaurs? And I was like, yeah, yeah, I believe in dinosaurs. He's like, you ever saw one? And I was like, nah. He said, yeah, don't believe the hype. And it was really like, it wasn't a funny moment, but it was like, <laughs> it was real, yeah. <laughs> telling me like, you know, when you, he was preparing me for the city. You know, he said, don't believe the hype. When they say bad things about yeah. you, the hype. When they say good things about you, don't believe the hype. Go at these niggas. Like, like you know, I see your talent. Like, you really got something. Like, like don't don't get too yeah. high. It's hard to play here, but like, you know, this, we, we love you already and, and good luck. It was like that type of, so it wasn't really funny, but funny but, guy, I guess. And it was, was kind of funny because he throws it off, but then like he, he reeled it he back in. Just like that off the hip. You believe in dinosaurs? <laughs> we was talking for like for a second, but then it just came out of nowhere. Like I was like, you know, cause I'm telling him I'm a fan of his, like respect to him. And, yeah. you know, and he was like, you believe in dinosaurs? I was like, what the fuck is going on? So, <laughs> but, um, but he, it was a dope message about it. So, you know, um, I remember that. That was a funny moment. And he was wow. sitting next to 50 when I was telling you about that game. So um, yeah, the full circle. Yeah, when, when he was sitting next to 50, that's the game. I didn't play at all the first half, really. Everybody gets this. JR gets, you know, gets into a coach. Some, some, uh, Mello wasn't playing this, this, that, and the third. And I played the whole second half. I had 29 and a half with 50 cent watching and Tracy Morgan, who had just. Did you, me. did you get to tell 50? I didn't get to talk. I never got to talk to 50. It was, it was uh, he's been in places that I've been, but that's like one of those guys. Like, it's, I remember that moment from my we gonna We're going to send this to 50, man. Ha, ah, we'll see. We'll see. We're going to see a 50. That'll be dope, man. Because you need to hear this story, man. That's that's dope. Yeah, I respect really this story, man. I always, I always, it was one of those motivators for me. Like, you never know where you could be, you know, and just keep going despite yeah. whatever happens to you. All right, we'll wrap up this episode as we do every week. What is the biggest lesson you've learned throughout your entire journey? Patience through the process. Um, you know, no matter what happens, I, I tell my people like the, the worst thing that could have happened is they let me get let me get in the NBA because now I think anything's possible. So I think at the end of the day, uh, just being I've learned that you know I have new goals now outside of basketball, new things I want to you know. Um, conquer that is they're not going to be easy just like it wasn't easy to get to the league and you know let my let my story tell everybody like you know it, it's possible and i've already taught myself so now we're just going to do it again i appreciate your time man you definitely embody you know what i'm saying a story and everything we we're trying to promote everything that we are promoting you know what i'm saying with this platform as an underdog bro like so appreciate you take my hat off to you i appreciate it I am an underdog, so you know I'm I'm honored to be a part of this. So I appreciate y'all's time, man. So straight like that. No, no doubt. When we get these shirts ordered, you got one coming for you. Right. I'm gonna wrap it, it, it up today. Let, let uh <laughs> let the viewers know um, 
where they can find you at on, on your platforms, IG. Uh, Optimus Cope IG. I'm not like, uh, you know, heavy on social media, but um, I'm on there. Uh, I, I usually just send Craig memes all day. You know, that's pretty much <laughs> all, all it is. But, um, <laughs> but Optimus Cope on IG. Uh, you can follow me on there and, you know, some 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 interesting things coming. You'll see. Craig already knows. Word, word, word. Thanks, X-Factor. <laughs> no, right. fellas, salute. That's going to do it for episode nine of the Underdogs podcast. Thank you guys for listening, watching, however you're consuming. See you guys next week. Peace.